Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. So grateful you're here with us. I'm thankful to be your host. Did Jesus exist? Searching for evidence beyond the Bible. This comes from the Biblical Archaeology Society, Bible History Daily. And we're just going to be looking at this particular subject. It's on uh, biblicalarchaeology.com. And so, let's get into it. Thanks for being here. After two decades toiling in the quiet groves of academe, I published an article in Bar titled, Archaeology Confirms 50 Real People in the Bible. The enormous interest this article generated was a complete surprise to me. Nearly 40 websites in six languages reflecting a wide spectrum of secular and religious orientations linked to Barr's supplementary webpage. Some even posted translations. I thought about following up with a similar article on people in the New Testament, but I soon realized this would be so dominated by the question of Jesus' existence that I needed to consider this question separately. This is that article. I've got a picture here, and underneath it, it says, The man Christ Jesus. Did Jesus of Nazareth exist as a real human being? Outside of the New Testament, what is the evidence for his existence? This article author, Lawrence McCuktick, and that's M-Y-K-Y-T-I-U-K, McKittick, and I'm probably totally butchering it, and that's my bad, examines extra-biblical, textual, and archaeological evidence associated with the man who would become the central figure in Christianity. It's got a vibrant 6th century, 500s mosaic from the Basilica of St. Apollinaire Nuova in Ravenna, Italy. Did Jesus of Nazareth, who was called Christ, exist as a real human being, the man Christ Jesus, according to 1 Timothy 2.5? The sources normally discussed fall into three main categories, classical, that is Greco-Roman, Jewish, and Christian. When people ask whether it's possible to prove that Jesus of Nazareth actually existed, as John P. Meyer pointed out decades ago, the implication is that the biblical evidence for Jesus is biased because it's encased in a theological text written by committed believers. What they really want to know is their extra-biblical evidence for Jesus' existence. <clears throat> so first we come to Tacitus, more formally, Caius Gaius or Publius Cornelius Tacitus, 55-56 A.D. to 118 A.D. was a Roman senator, orator, and ethnographer, and arguably the best of Roman historians. His name is based on the Latin word Tacitus, silent, Latin word Tacitus, silent, from which we get the English word tacit. Interestingly, his compact prose uses silence and implications in a masterful way. One argument for the authenticity of the quotation below is it's written in true Tacitian Latin, but it goes into a uh, introduction here. Tacitus' last major work, titled Annals, 116-117 AD, includes a biography of Nero. 64 AD, during a fire in Rome, Nero was suspected of secretly ordering the burning of a part of town where he wanted to carry out a building project, so he tried to shift the blame to Christians. This was the building project. So... This was the occasion for Tacitus to mention Christians whom he despised. This is what he wrote, the following excerpts translated by, from Latin by Robert van Verst. 
Neither human effort, nor the emperor's generosity, nor the placating of the gods ended the scandalous belief that the fire had been ordered by Nero. Therefore, to put down the rumor, Nero substituted as culprits and punished in the most unusual ways those hated for their shameful acts, whom the crowd called Christians. That's with an E. The founder of this name, Christ, Christus in Latin, has been execu- had been executed in the reign of Tiberius by the procurator Pontius Pilate. Suppressed for a time, the deadly superstition erupted again, not only in Judea, the origin of this evil, but also in the city of Rome, where all things horrible and shameful from everywhere come together and become popular. Tacitus' terse statement about Christus clearly corroborates the New Testament on certain historical details about Jesus' death. Tacitus presents four pieces of accurate knowledge about Jesus. Number one, Christus used by Tacitus to refer to Jesus was one distinctive way which some referred to him, even though Tacitus mistakenly took it as a personal name rather than an epithet or title. Two, this Christus was associated with the beginning of the movement of Christians whose name originated from his. Number three, he was executed by the Roman governor of Judea and for the time of his death so during Pontius Pilate's governorship of Judea during the reign of Tiberius, somewhere around 29 AD. But Tacitus, like classical authors in general, did not reveal the sources he used. But this should not detract from our confidence in Tacitus' assertion. Scholars generally disagree about what his sources were. Tacitus was certainly among Rome's best historians, arguably the best of all. All the, at the top of his game as a historian and never given to careless writing. Earlier in his career, when Tacitus was proconsul of Asia, he likely supervised trials, questioned people accused of being Christians, and judged and punished people found guilty. So, you know, that's big evidence right there. And uh, I've read a rebuttal of this that Crestus, they thought, was a slave in Rome and was leading like a slave revolt. That may have been from Suetonius, but anyhow, I think it was Tacitus. But it just doesn't match up at all. The Pontius Pilate reference, the Tiberius reference. So the other strong evidence that speaks directly to Jesus as a real person comes from Josephus. I always jokingly say it's Bocephus' brother. A Jewish priest who grew up as an aristocrat in first century Palestine ended up living in Rome supported by the patronage of three successive emperors. In the early days of the first Jewish revolt against Rome, Josephus was a commander in Galilee, but soon surrendered and became a prisoner of war. He then prophesied that his conqueror, the Roman commander Vespasian, would become emperor. When this actually happened, Vespasian freed him. So that's pretty interesting as well. I'm looking at the Christians from 11th, 12th century Codex Medicius. That's pretty incredible. All right. Um, Yet in his own mind, we're skipping some things here, Josephus remained a Jew both in his outlook and his writings that extolled Judaism. At the same time, by aligning himself with Roman emperors, who were at that time the worst enemies of the Jewish people, he chose to ignore Jewish popular opinion. So... uh, and he was from Galilee. That's pretty interesting. Here's a uh, ninth century picture of Josephus. All right. 
His two great works, the Jewish War, this is Josephus and Jewish Antiquities, both written in Greek for educated people. Josephus tried to appeal to aristocrats in the Roman world, presenting Judaism as a religion to be admired for its moral and philosophical depth. The Jewish War does not mention Jesus, except in some versions and likely later editions by others. But Jewish Antiquities does mention Jesus twice. The shorter of these two references, Jesus in Book 20, is incidental to identifying Jesus' brother James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem. In the temporary absence of a Roman governor between Festus' death and Governor Albensis' arrival in 62 AD, the high priest Ananus instigated James' execution. Josephus described it, being therefore this kind of person, i.e. a heartless Sadducee, Ananus, thinking that he had a favorable opportunity because Festus had died and Albinus was still on his way, called a meeting, literally a Sanhedrin of judges, and brought into it the brother of Jesus, who is called Messiah, James by name, and some others. He made the accusation that they had transgressed the law, handed them over to be stoned. James is otherwise barely noticed minor figure in Josephus' lengthy tome. So, that's pretty interesting. Skipping over some things as well. Therefore, Josephus identified this James by reference to his famous brother, Jesus. Um, Josephus mentions at least 12 other men named Jesus. Therefore, Josephus specified which Jesus he was referring to by adding the phrase, who is called Messiah, since he was writing Greek Christos. Few scholars have ever doubted the authenticity of this short account. On the contrary, the huge majority accepts it as genuine. So that's pretty interesting. So we're skipping over some other things of why that it's not an interpolation, uh, on and on and so forth. The longer passage of Josephus' Jewish Antiquities, Book 18, that refers to Jesus is known as the Testimonium Flavinium, Josephus, Flavius Josephus, if it has any value in relation to the question of Jesus' existence, it counts as additional evidence for Jesus' existence. The Testimonium Flavivian reads as follows. The parts that are especially suspicious because they sound Christian are in italics. Around this time, there lived Jesus, a wise man. Okay, that's not in italics, but then what's in italics? If indeed one ought to call him a man, okay, then no italics. For he was one who did surprising deeds, and a teacher of such people has accepted the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. Then he was the Messiah in italics, not in italics. When Pilate, upon hearing him accused by men of the highest standing among us, had condemned him to be crucified, those who in the first place came to love him did not give up their affection for him. Then italics, for on the third day appeared to them restored to life. The prophets of God have prophesied this and countless other marvels, marvelous things about him. Now not italics. This tribe of Christians, so called after him, have still this day not died out. And so there's you either know that the whole passage is authentic, whole passage is a forgery inserted into Jewish antiquities, or it's partly authentic with some material uh, put in. Regarding alternative one, today almost no scholar accepts the authenticity of the entire standard Greek, such as he was the Messiah. 
Regarding alternative two, the whole thing is a forgery, this is very unlikely. What is said in the expressions in Greek that are used to say it, despite a few words that don't seem characteristic of Jesus, Josephus generally fit much better with Josephus' writings than with Christian writings. So it's it's probably, again, it's uh, it's enough that it's to give you that Jesus lived. Okay, so from uh, Tacitus and Josephus, we can deduce he existed as a man. His personal name was Jesus. He was called Christos in Greek. He had a brother named James. He won over both Jews and Greeks. Jewish leaders of the day expressed unfavorable opinions about him. Pilate rendered a decision that he should be executed. His execution was specifically by crucifixion, according to Josephus. He was executed during Pontius Pilate's governorship over Judea and during Tiberius's reign. So that's, uh, yeah, he, he existed. Now, this, it does say non-denial of Jesus' existence is particularly notable in rabbinic writings of those first several centuries A.D. Anyone in the ancient world has reason to let, dislike the Christian faith. It was the rabbis. To argue successfully that Jesus never existed but was a creation of early Christians would have been the most effective polemic against Christianity. Yet all Jewish sources treated Jesus as a fully historical person. The rabbis used the real events of Jesus' life against him. So there's that. Uh, no pagans and Jews who opposed Christianity denied Jesus' historicity or even questioned it. Next we come to Lucian of Samoseta. He was a Greek satirist. And uh, though Lucian was aware of the Christians' books, some which might have and parts of the New Testament, as many bits of misinformation make it seem very likely that he did not read them. So Lucian of Samoseta always also gives this, uh, and that was 115 to 200 A.D. Um, it was then that he learned the marvelous wisdom of the Christians by associating with their priests and scribes in Palestine. What else, in short order, he made them look like children for he was a prophet, cult leader, head of the congregation, everything, all by himself. He interpreted and explained some of their books and wrote many himself. They revered him as a god, used him as a lawgiver, and set him down as a protector. So, uh, to be sure, after that other whom they still worship, the man who was crucified in Palestine, because he introduced this new cult in the world, notice they worshipped him. For having convinced themselves... They're going to be immortal and live forever. The poor wretches despise death and even willingly give themselves up. Furthermore, their first lawgiver persuaded them that they were all brothers of one another and they've transgressed once for all by denying the Greek gods and by worshiping that crucified sophist himself and living according to his laws. Well, yeah, a lot of stuff. Crucifixion, God worshiped, wrote books. Um, Celsus the Platonist philosopher considered Jesus to be a magician who made exorbitant claims Pliny the Younger a Roman governor and friend of Tacitus wrote about early Christian worship of Christ as to a god or it could also be translated as to God Suetonius a Roman writer, lawyer and historian wrote of riots in 49 AD among Jews in Rome 
which might have been about Christus, but which he thought were incited by the instigator Christus, whose identification with Jesus is not completely certain because they think it was a slave. Mara ben Serapion, a prisoner of war held by Romans, wrote a letter to his son that described the wise Jewish king in a way that seemed to indicate Jesus, not specify his identity. Other documentary sources are doubtful or irrelevant. So one can label the evidence treated above as documentary or as archaeological. Almost all sources covered above exist in the form of documents they've been copied and preserved over the course of many centuries rather than excavated in archaeological digs. So I prefer to say that these truly ancient texts are ancient documentary sources rather than archaeological discoveries. Some ossuaries, bone boxes have come to light that are inscribed simply with the name Jesus. No one suggests that this was Jesus of Nazareth. The name Jesus is very common at that time. Um, so here's the deal. This Laurent Mykotiuk, an associate professor of library science and history of uh, librarian at Purdue University, holds a PhD in Hebrew and Semitic studies. And uh, he's the author of the book, Identifying Biblical Persons in Northwest Semitic Inscriptions, 1200 to 539 B.C., Atlanta Society of Biblical Literature. Yeah, Jesus existed. <laughs> no doubt. So anybody that tries to tell you, they don't know the facts, and I just hate to tell them that. So God bless you. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And uh, let's pray to that crucified, risen Messiah. We love him. He saved us. He can be born again of water and spirit. And uh, God is great. We're so thankful you're here with us. Share with your friends, family, church, family, Sunday school classes. Leave a five-star review. Listen to our playlist. Subscribe. And we'll talk with you later. God bless. Bye-bye.